Hello and welcome to the newest episode of Entertainment Rebooted. Today we are going to be talking about some holiday movies, both new and old. Matt, Natalie, and I are going to sit down and talk about some of our classic holiday movie favorites. I will be reviewing the new holiday movie, Violent Night. But first, before all that, my friend Logan Buchanan is going to be reviewing the new Netflix series, Wednesday. Let's get right into it. Hello, everybody. My name is Logan Buchanan, and today I'm here to talk about Netflix's newest show, Wednesday, of course, being a show about the Adams Family, more in particular, the daughter of Morticia and Gomez Wednesday, played by Jenna Ortega. This show is amazing. If you like crime, if you like mysteries, if you like drama, comedy, anything in between, you'll love this show. And to me, Netflix shows are kind of hit and miss. You know, you got your hits like Stranger Things. And you also got shows like Riverdale, which I'm not a huge fan of. You may like it. It's your cup of tea. But Wednesday, laugh after laugh, but also dramatic moment after dramatic moment. I know for myself in particular, it's really hard to sit down and watch a show and laugh when no one else is in the room. But this show made me giggle. It had me bawling my eyes out at some points and laughing at other points. Some of the actors and actresses really tied this whole show together. Of course, I mentioned Wednesday, played by Jenna Ortega, formerly known for her work on Disney Channel, really shined in this show with her take on Wednesday Adams. Of course, in interviews, she talked about how her and director Tim Burton worked really well together and used what was known as the Kubrick stare to give Wednesday this creepy, menacing vibe to her. And Wednesday is probably one of my favorite characters to come out of Netflix. She's so funny in ways that she doesn't mean to be. Um, it's kind of interesting seeing her interact with other characters. Of course, also spotlight on Bianca, played by Joy Sunday. She really took me by surprise because when she was first shown on screen as the Queen Bee, I kind of suspected her to be a minor character that didn't have a whole lot of dynamic characteristics, but her showcase over the season really shined, and I think that is a credit to Joy Sunday, her actress, because if you gave that role to someone else, I don't know if they would have performed as well as she did. And she's a young actress, not barely been in the forefront of anything recently. So it's really interesting to see where she goes on from Wednesday. And then to finish off the actor spotlight, I got to say Enid, played by Emma Myers, had me wrapped around her finger. I loved every scene she was in. She was funny and charismatic. She surrounded, she was surrounded by joy. And it really was such a dynamically twisted thing from Wednesday. She was the polar opposite, but they worked together and it was shown throughout the whole series. I really enjoyed it. The twist and turns of Wednesday had me at the edge of my seat each moment better than the next. As a review of the whole series though, I gotta say each episode is a hit. There wasn't a single miss. I think a lot of Netflix shows in particular have a problem of having a really strong opening and a really strong ending with fillers in between, and Wednesday is not it. Every single episode meant something, and I think the mystery aspect of it helped, but also just the cast of characters, the writing, the directing, the cinematography, um, and especially the music. I gotta say, the Addams Family is known for their music. They have a musical, but also the da-da-da-da, snap-snap. They worked that into the script to not be corny, but also play meanings into the story. And one of my favorite instruments, stringed cello and Wednesday having her little paint it black moment. in I believe episode two or three, 
I have re-listened to that so many times. I love it. The opening credits I've listened to a million times. And I think that's just a credit to the director, you know, Tim Burton coming onto this like typecast director. If I wanted the Adams family, who better than Tim Burton? Like his whole persona in his other movies has directly been tied to the Adams family. I mean, he has that same creepy vibe that Wednesday has. He has that same menacing, almost sinister take on like film and TV, but it works so perfectly when working with Wednesday and the Adams family, Gomez, Morticia, Pugsley. I think all of them were casted perfectly. I think all of them looking back at the original comics as well as the other adaptations throughout the years just melded together. I know it's already been memed on TikTok, but Jenna Ortega as Wednesday just absolutely killed it. Absolutely dominated that role and I can't wait to see more seasons of her, more seasons of her interactions with other characters such as Joy Sunday and Emma Myers as Bianca and Enid respectfully. I can't wait. New season will be coming out in the near future, but please go do yourself a favor, watch it. If you've already watched it, rewatch it, rate it, talk about it because I don't want this to be a one season show. It needs to keep going on keep going on seasons and seasons. I think they can do it. And please look out for these actors and actresses. They will be headliners. They will be Oscar winners in the future. Thank you so much, Logan. I'm definitely going to be checking out Wednesday now over this winter break. Speaking of winter break, the holidays are quickly approaching. And with every holiday season comes holiday movies. So I've gathered a few entertainment friends to discuss what holiday movies they've grown to love. But first, I'm going to be telling you my thoughts on a new Christmas movie, Violent Night, and let you know if it's worth a watch. Violent Night is a rated R movie clocking in at 1 hour and 52 minutes. Marketed as a mix of Home Alone and Die Hard, this film revolves around a wealthy family taken hostage until Santa Claus himself steps in. I walked into this movie with very, very low expectations, but I was pleasantly surprised after watching it. This movie was funny, action-packed, and entertaining. But I have to say, this was not a perfect film. I'm going to go ahead and give you a few of my critiques right off the bat. Firstly, I thought that a lot of the dialogue and story of the movie itself was very childish. It felt like a kid's movie. I'm not sure if that was 100% intentional or not. The motivations for the villains seemed a little silly and stupid at times, but this movie is a comedy movie. It is intended to be funny, so I'll go ahead and let that slide for the most part. It just confused me a little bit because the story felt like something that would be aimed specifically at children, but some of the violence and the gore of this movie I think would definitely scare young children. Even someone maybe 10 or 11, I could see it giving them nightmares. Another issue I had with the movie was not all of the jokes landed. Uh, this movie kind of went in with that goofy, stupid kind of joke approach. And that usually hits pretty well with me specifically. But at times, even I thought the jokes were a little too stupid. Another issue I had was this movie was very action-packed, which is fine. Love me an action-packed movie. But at times, the lighting wasn't great. It would be too dark, and you couldn't see exactly what was happening on screen, which was sad because it seems like the the action scenes were pretty well planned. 
it seems like they had their movements down very well. But sometimes it would be in a dark room and, and you couldn't really see what was happening. And it seems like just a waste of that pretty good fighting choreography to not be able to see it that well. My other big issue with this movie was I felt like it kind of dragged sometimes. It was almost two hours long. And I think the movie would have improved greatly if it was about 20 minutes shorter, maybe even 30 minutes shorter. I think they definitely could have cut out a little bit more than what they ended up cutting. And it would have ended up being a better, more action-packed, funny, quick-paced movie. Now that you've heard my criticisms, I do have to talk about the things that I enjoyed about this movie. Like I said before, not all of the jokes landed, but I did feel like the movie was still very consistently funny. Uh, I was laughing throughout, and the person I went to the theater with was laughing throughout. And I think, for the most part, the jokes were pretty good. Another thing I really enjoyed about this movie was the action. I thought the action was very well choreographed. My only issue with it, like I said before, was the lighting in certain scenes. But I think the way that the Santa Claus violence scenes were planned out was actually really well done. And it was really funny seeing Santa, Santa Claus, being violent and getting weapons and doing all this stuff. It was just, it ended up being very entertaining. Which leads me to my last point, which is David Harbour being casted as Santa Claus was impeccable casting. I think that he played this role perfectly, and I don't know any other actor, I don't know of any other actor that could have played Santa Claus this well. So, is this movie worth a watch? I would say yes, if you are okay with some pretty intense violence and some stupid comedy, then yeah, this movie is definitely worth a watch. I think it is perfect for families with older children, maybe teenagers or young adults. I think this movie would really hit well with them because they can handle a little more gore and violence. And I think younger people a lot of times enjoy that goofy, stupid kind of humor a little more than older people will. Thank you for listening to this edition of Worth a Watch. Now, let's get into some more classic holiday movies. Today, I am sitting down with our sports analyst turned entertainment master, Matt Premuka. How are we doing, everyone? And I have our local Lord of the Rings analyst, Natalie Savage. What's up, everybody? It's great to have you guys both on. Today, we are going to be talking about our favorite holiday movies. So, Matt, why don't you start us off? All right, so my personal favorite Christmas movie, there's no doubt about it. It's the Santa Claus 2. Good pick. Yes. Good Good old Scott Calvin. So, summary of the movie. Scott Calvin, he's been Santa for eight years, but that's just in between the first one and the second one. I don't know how long he's been Santa in this universe, but uh, he's been Santa for several years. Uh, His elves will say he is the best Santa they've ever worked with. And, but, uh, you know, good old Scott Calvin, he's hit with a little bit of a double whammy right before Christmas time. Not only is his son Charlie acting up on school and has found himself on the naughty list, but he has been hit with this second huge, huge problem that he did not, and he did not read the fine print. He has to find a Mrs. Claus before Christmas Eve what? or he cannot be Santa anymore. What? So now he's got to go back into his hometown you know, get his son's behavior right and try to find a wife. It's a, as an adult, kind of a creepy plot, a lot like The Bachelor, <laughs> but like with Christmas. But we man, all know say, you're a Bachelor fan. Yeah, saying the summary out loud now, it kind of seems a little problematic. 
oh, we're reevaluating life choices live on air. Uh, but yeah, this is a, one of my favorite family comedies out there. Um, I have absolutely zero clue at like which age I started liking this movie specifically, nor was there a specific point in time where uh, I could, like, I said this was my favorite Christmas movie or anything, uh, but this just, like, feels like Christmas to me. Like, when I'm, like, it's it's just a cold December night, I'm in my pajamas, I have hot chocolate on, I feel like this movie should be on when I picture that scenario in my mind. Totally understandable. Yeah. I love that attitude. I'm, I'm a big fan of Santa Claus 1. That might be, that could have been on my list mm-hmm. for favorite holiday movies, but I totally understand the love for Santa Claus. Well, yeah, and because, like, the subplot where he makes Robot Santa and then he has to fight, like, Robot Santa, like, on the sleigh suspended over the North Pole. And it's like, this movie was everywhere at, the, at all at once. It was a chaotic fever dream. I, just, it, I, I watched this two weeks ago at the, uh, with my roommates. It was a great time. That sounds great. It was. It was. Uh, now my second favorite Christmas movie, the second one on my list, uh, you know, the classic. Elf. Yep. Elf is good. Yes. So, summary of that, if you haven't seen it, uh, also get out under your rock you live on and watch Elf. Uh, but Buddy, he was a child who was accidentally transported to the, to the North Pole after his birth. Uh, he was found and raised by Santa's elves through adulthood, but Buddy constantly felt out of place. When he finds out that his real father's from New York City, Buddy embarks on a trip to find his dad who is a stereotypical businessman i don't have time for family you know the hallmark movie villain Boo. but uh and his dad's name is walter but walter wants to start a relationship with his newfound stunt with his newfound son <laughs> and they get into all sorts of chaotic adventures in new york city around the holiday season another another family comedy i think we can so, tell you're a fan of that family comedy and bachelor combo. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of my vice right there. Uh, not really much of a variety here. <laughs> but uh, unlike the Santa Claus, I can actually vividly remember when this became one of my favorite Christmas movies. Uh, it was December of 2009. I was in the second grade. I was at my aunt's house with my cousins. And this was the first time I remember, like, actually watching Elf. It had come out, you know, six years ago at that point in time, but I had not had a good memory because I was a toddler. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It was The snowball scene was a classic for me, the old snowball fight. Uh, the syrup and the spaghetti, another classic one. This movie is just full of so many laughs. I know, the jo- I know, I know when the jokes are coming, and I still laugh. That's a sign of a good movie. Right I there. know. Like, Zoe Deschanel in there is also a really, really great job in that movie, too. And, you know, this one, this is a this is a movie I put on when I'm babysitting my little cousins and my nephews. It's something they love, too. Absolutely. This is one of the movies that we watch, like, every year putting up the tree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it, it, This is forever on the Christmas Mount Rushmore. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I find this movie deeply annoying, it's because it's Will Ferrell, okay? Like, <laughs> he's I, either I, hilarious or he's annoying. Well, yeah, and I know, like, a, like there was this one of like the most famous scenes is him just yelling Santa. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's Will Ferrell, but at the same time, like, it's definitely Will Ferrell. And I remember almost every year around Christmas time at school, they would have us watch this movie. You don't like Elf. And sometimes I. It's like, I saw this last year. Why are we watching it again? Because it's Elf. Bring That's what a, a classic is. Bring out a different one. 
They don't I, make new... Hallmark's the only thing that makes consistently new Christmas just, movies. Throw me a different Christmas movie. They don't make new Christmas <laughs> movies. They're called classics for a reason. No one really touches hey, them. Can you think of a Christmas movie that came out past 2015? I got a 2019 that I'm going to talk about. Okay. Just wait till, I got a 2021 on Okay, list. all right. I stand corrected. <laughs> all right, you, you ladies have the floor now. <laughs> all right, Natalie, do you want to take it from here? Yeah, sure. So my number one is the most recent. It's Klaus from 2019. Um, summary is a Netflix movie. A selfish, spoiled postman is sent to a frozen town in the north where everyone hates each other. And he has to mail a certain number of letters before a certain date, or else he has to kiss his life of luxury goodbye. Because apparently his father is like this like head postmaster, and he's like super rich. While he's there, though, this postman meets a woodsman named Klaus. Three guesses who that's going to end up being. And finds that what started off as a scheme to get as many letters as possible, using the old man's kindness and love of toy making, has turned into a genuine investment in the community and a lifelong friendship. The genres for this are, it's a comedy, a children's film, animation, adventure kind of thing. Um, I saw this in 2019 when it came out, so I was 19, and it made me cry, which is actually kind of hard for movies to do. It happens, but not overly often. I like it because of the storyline, the amazing character arc that the main character goes through from spoiled mean, awful person to actually quite good person. And the very touching moments that made me cry, obviously, I, I really liked that as well. I thought that was really good storytelling. And I think it really shows the Christmas spirit, and I immediately bought a song from the soundtrack after seeing it, and I listened to it year-round because I like it that much. So that's a high compliment right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd recommend all three of the movies that I'm going to talk about. Christmas is almost here, and if I'm going to talk about a Christmas movie, I'm going to talk about my favorite ones to get me in the mood, because I like Christmas movies. The second Christmas movie I'm going to talk about is good old Arthur Christmas from 2011. Arthur, the younger son of the current Santa Claus, has to deliver the final gift of Christmas when, as it turns out, Santa accidentally misses a child. He just casually forgets to deliver one of the presents, gets like knocked off or something and you know the child is missed and it's this big thing chaos ensues trying to deliver the pet the present before the sun rises and the little girl wakes up and discovers that santa has not come uh, the genre is also comedy children's film animation adventure basically all three of these are going to more or less fit that mold i'm pretty predictable too <laughs> um i was younger when i saw this probably around when it came out so i was around 11. I liked it because of its fun story, its goofy main character, and I still like it now because, like Klaus, I think it captures the true spirit of Christmas very well. I'm not crazy about the portrayal of the current Santa, who, spoiler alert, though the movie's over a decade old, so I'm going to do it anyway. He does not really try to deliver the present until Arthur goes out of his way to try to deliver the present. He's just kind of like brushing it off at first. Um, but still, Arthur's cheer in Christmas spirit makes up for it, and he deserves the ending that he gets because he literally makes everybody happy. He is just such a gumdrop. He is a ball of sunshine, and I love him. He's so great. I find it really interesting how in these kind of Christmas movies, Santa is either depicted as the nicest, best person ever or the meanest, 
like antagonist of the film. It's it's funny because Santa Claus Two that is literally the only two descriptions of him. Exactly. It's just no. every every Christmas movie does that. No, but it's ironic. So I've seen Arthur Christmas once, and it came out in 2011. So get this 2011 i remember this vividly it was the first christmas that we had in the house my parents currently live in now and uh well let's just say my parents were ordering my sister a present online on uh, the mail got backed up and so you know we had a note from santa saying oh you know it, sorry anna that's my sister's name uh your toy fell out of my sleigh it'll get here <laughs> shortly and it's funny you say that because the year this movie came out was some, was when that literally happened that in literally my household so movie, yeah. yeah it's actually pretty that pretty that might have been smart. a good good movie to show that year though. yeah i we that was the only time i've seen arthur christmas and that's like <laughs> see anna it see, happens it, yeah, it, it happens, happens. It's nothing against you it yeah the third movie i wanted to talk about was a classic for me it's another one that i watch every year putting up the christmas trees it's the polar express from 2004 um, Polar Express is based on the book of the same name by Chris Van Alsberg, and a little boy, skeptical about the existence of Santa Claus, wakes up in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve to find a freight train bound for the North Pole in his front yard. He, impu he impulsively gets on and wrestles with his skepticism until he finally learns how to believe. Same genres as the last one, except this one is also a musical, which is nice because I love my musicals. And that's actually one of the things that I really like about this movie is the music. All the songs are just so good. I love them. And the memories, obviously. I remember singing and dancing to these songs basically every year. Similarly, because of this movie, my brother and I would actually get little bells every year from Santa. And we would get really excited because even though we obviously, like, knew we believed and we'd see the movie, so it's like, oh, well, obviously, like, belief equals you can hear the bell, but we, it doesn't matter. We still got really excited when we lifted, the, yeah. we lifted the bells up to our ear and, ah, they ring. I can hear the bells. Mommy, I can hear the bells. It was so exciting. Um, I'm obviously not as obsessed with the movie now as I was then, but I still really like it. The elves are a little mean at times, and when I was little, the toy room scene really freaked me out, but now it's become a classic for me. The animation holds up, and I really like the, mess the messaging about belief, and once again, the Christmas spirit. I think that's just going to be a theme with me. Anything that just, like, screams, like, Christmas spirit, you know, giving happiness, just joy around the holiday, warm, fuzzy feelings... That's going to be my cup of tea. Yeah, I've definitely picked that up from you, Natalie, but, <laughs> but I like that. I like that about you. Now, I actually have uh, two movies to talk about here today, Ooh. and they're very different, but the first one is the 1966 TV movie, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. This is the animated 26-minute version. I don't know if it really counts as a movie or not, but it's on my list. Hey, it's got a it song named because, after it. It's fine. <laughs> it counts because we say it counts. Exactly, exactly. I get to, I get to do that now. Yep. But, um, yeah, it's in case you didn't know the story of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, it is based on the Dr. Seuss book of the same name about this creature, the Grinch, learning the true meaning of Christmas. It's not the holiday season for me until I've seen this short film. The genre is animated family comedy type movie. I think it's a really sweet telling of a classic story 
I think of all the Grinch remakes and things, yeah. this one holds up as my favorite. Um, I still enjoy the others, but this one just had to go on my list. And I'm sure most people have already seen this movie, but if you are looking for the recommendation, here it is. Check it out. Great movie. Now, my next movie is a Netflix movie, clocking in at an hour and 45 minutes, titled Love Hard. This movie came out in 2021, and let me give you the rundown. A young woman finds her match on a dating site, but when she goes to surprise him for Christmas, she finds that he is not exactly what she expected. The genre is romantic comedy, and obviously it's a Christmas movie. And this one, I kind of have mixed feelings about, if I'm honest with you. But what I will say is, it is my mom's favorite movie right now. Last year, she when it came out, she played it at least three times, maybe four times, throughout the month of December, which was way too much and incredibly <laughs> infuriating. But I did want to recommend it to our audience. I think it's an interesting mix of traditional Christmas and millennial feminism, if you're into that kind of stuff. And it's it's humorous, it's it's interesting, and if I'm gonna sit down with my family and watch something, this isn't the worst thing that could be chosen. Wait, no question about this one. Sure. Is this where like the baby it's cold outside politically correct? Ver- yes. th- that's what that's yes. from. I that I, I knew I knew that movie from somewhere. Okay. Yes, it does have a politically correct version of Baby It's Cold Outside. I love that one. It's the it's, it's so great. It's, you know what? It's super cheesy, but there are some scenes that are pretty funny. And if you're looking for something to throw on this holiday season that's just inoffensive, something something most people could get behind, well, why not? Why not just throw it on? Pretty good movie. Not my favorite, but you know what? It's it's a holiday movie I can tolerate. Thank you for listening to this edition of Entertainment Rebooted. We are on the radio every Sunday at 1 on 88.1. And you can check out our podcast at Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Audible, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Player FM, The Podcast Index, Podchaser, and Listen Notes under the name Entertainment Rebooted. Thanks for listening.